0: welcome 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 yo we are back oh man you've been getting a lot of great conversation and we just want to be able to talk more but you know i always want to have a mental check-in so wait wait
1: anthony Bro, what happened? i know we're gonna do the mental check-in but we gotta set the atmosphere man okay okay like well, you know what we gotta do oh. we gotta pray oh Welcome to Top Shelf, where we seek truth,
0: opinion, perspective,
1: and we seek solutions.
0: Let's let's get to that. My fault, sweetheart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just by your head and pause. God, we just like to thank you so much for another episode. Uh, We pray for the conversation that will be had. We pray for our listeners. Uh, we thank you so much for the subject matter that we're able to speak on, and we pray that you just have your way in this platform. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. So, let's talk about it. How was y'all week? Let's have a mental check-in, 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. Okay. Mental check-in, mental, M-E-N. like glad you know how to spell. <laughs> um my week's been good. Good. The past couple of weeks has been a little challenging. I had you know some hurdles I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. But overall, still here. So I'm good. Okay. Give me a number. So a number, 10.
2: Ten means it's good. Good. I'm Amazing. alive.
0: Amazing. I'm alive. That's wow. the most important thing. I'm alive. So I'm good.
1: So for me. I would have to say that would be probably like uh, a seven or six maybe just because, you know, uh, dealing with family stuff, dealing with, uh, you know, working. And then that brings a whole nother set of drama. Then I had uh, I got attacked by a gang uh, this past week. Uh, The gang is named Allergies. Allergies. I'm about to say, like, yo, oh, yo yeah. I need to pull up, it was, like, it hold it was, on. It's allergies, you know? where was the call for? I attacked is. by my allergies. You know, I stay ready. <laughs> you know what I'm allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I saw y'all backs curl up. That's crazy. Y'all was ready. That's uh, how man. I know we friends. I <laughs> was ready to we go to war. We about pull up. Yeah, was for <laughs> real. Like, uh, no, my allergy almost took me out of here. I had to get healer
0: everything. <laughs>
1: Anthony had a hanky with him and everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? They was gangbanging on my life for real. <laughs> no, I uh I let the fellas know too, like my allergies get bad around this season. Okay. And uh I, I took some time out of work uh to really uh you know get well, get better. Uh shout out to my wife for taking care of me during that time. Sabina, I love you. Uh, wherever love. you are. She's actually in <laughs> y- Wife, I love her. She in the <laughs> <laughs> But uh no nah, um yeah, I, so I would say six or seven. Okay. Uh, other than that,
0: I think for me, it was a roller coaster because mm-hmm. of what, like, what everything that's going on in the media, what everything that's going on with the the black man. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to my wife and saying, "I'm scared to be a black man in America." Wow. Um, overall education and everything, I I love it. I'm, I'm starting my my program. Um, I'm striving, but I'm like, whoa, let's stop. Mm-hmm. Me as a black man in America, I'm scared. Mm. So I have to give my number a seven. Now, I want to ask that question. Mm-hmm. So it's time. Pull up a chair. Time to have a conversation. Are you scared to be a black man in America? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Always. Always. I don't think there's a time where I'm not fearful walking outside. Even if it's on my own neighborhood, it doesn't really matter. But just the fear of, because of the color of my skin, being looked at as a threat. Especially with everything that's going on. And, you know, we're dealing with this increase of tension, mm-hmm. right? And every time, anytime there's like a new police shooting of an unarmed black man by the hands of the police, mm-hmm. it's like, here we go again. And so it's like, it's, it, it gives you almost like PTSD, like post-traumatic stress. Ooh. Can we break that down and regards to that PTSD? And Fred, I also want you to answer that question. Preach. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like with post-traumatic stress, it's like you're, you're, you're dealing with almost like this anxiety. So I'll give an example. Like if I'm driving, and let's say, you know, NYPD, Jersey city police doesn't really matter. They pull up next to me and I could be obeying the traffic laws. I'm not speeding, you know, stopping at the stop sign. You know, I'm not breaking any laws. My seatbelt's on, music's not, you know, blasting, nothing like that at all. It's like my anxiety goes up a little bit because I don't know if I'm going to just get pulled over just because the color of my skin, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you're dealing almost with that type of anxiety, post-traumatic stress especially like in the past, if you've gotten pulled over like myself and guns are pulled on you and they tell you to get out the car because you look suspect, it's like that that, that, mess with you, that messes with you psychologically. Mm. It runs through your mind. So it's like now there's this post-traumatic stress. And of course, when you're watching the news and you're hearing these stories mm. about somebody that looks like ourselves as right. black men Ooh. and they're unarmed and they're being shot and killed. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, that can easily be me. So, you, so we deal with just that fear of like, as black men, how do we cope with this? How do we deal with this? You know what I'm
1: saying? Absolutely. Uh, I have to definitely concur and agree with Jeff. Like, I feel like walking outside of my door every day, like I'm a target. Yeah. There's a target on my back, straight up and down. Because it's like, if you don't, if you're not black, you don't understand getting followed around in the store for no reason. You know, I always get followed around in the store and, and I could be wearing a suit. Always, Yeah, always, oh, wow. always, no matter what. Uh, I always, there, there's times when I'm at the airport, I could be checking in and sometimes I'm pulled aside for a pat down. Whereas like, if I'm wearing like baggier jeans or if even if I'm wearing like, uh, like let's say some sweatpants. I could get pulled aside, you know, I've gotten pulled aside before and pat down. I'm like, okay, but out of all of these people in this line, like, why me? As if it isn't bad enough, you know, there've been times where I've been in different neighborhoods and the police will slowly creep behind me, mm. following me around. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I can be in that number, you know what I'm saying, of, of one of those police brutality killings at any moment. It doesn't matter what age I am. You know what I'm saying? Or if I am in the right, just minding my business, I can get killed out here. Or, and even worse, is that I have, I have six nephews. So I'm thinking about them more than anything. I'm thinking about what to say to them, what to tell them. Uh, in the future, I'm going to be thinking about, like, my son, like, that speech I have to give him. I don't think, if you're, if you're not Black, you don't see these things. Mm. As a Black man, I think that comes even harsher because we are supposed to be the head of the house, supposedly. You know, we're supposed to be the providers. There's so much expected of us. And if we don't have life, then, you know, the Black family and the Black legacy doesn't exist. You know, if we're not there. So, while we're having this
0: conversation, it, it sounds like there's no hope. It also sounds like this is nor- normalized behavior, meaning mm-hmm. that it's not going to end. Mm-hmm. What do we do as black men navigating through this society, through this life? How do we survive or exist? And that's the thing. Yo, know, real talk. I'm be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you get in a point where it's like, mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. why did you allow me to be a black man?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be scared to be a black man. Right. You, we, you, this can't be. This can't be life. Right. You're telling me all these good things, mm-hmm. but I'm not seeing it yet. Mm-hmm. I got to walk out my door and be afraid? Mm -hmm. I'm driving, I'm looking through my window? Mm -hmm. You got to be kidding me. Right. What do we do then? And that's the thing, man, because it's like... So what comes to my mind is there's no love and fear, right? But there's no love for the black man. And that's the thing. That's a contradiction, bro. But that's the thing. There's no love for us because we're deemed as a threat. From the time that we entered into this country... As slaves. Okay. Not by choice. Not like we volunteered. Like, hey, you know what?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to go across seas. I want to head to the Western Hemisphere. Okay. And I want to come to United States and, and, and build. Nah, we, we were forced into the United States. We were forced into the Caribbean Islands. We were forced into North America, basically, right? And we were already looked as less as such. So there's no love. It's just this fear. So as the word says, there's no love and fear, but they fear us. We're looked as a threat. So in order to control, they have to demasculate us. They have to break us down. They have to take the black men and they have to show that though we may be bigger, stronger in some aspects, right? Or just looked as like, okay, the black man is looked as, as, as such as we come from kings and queens, we come from royalty, but in order to break them down and we can control them. We have to break the black man down to this lowest point, which means mm. we have to remove him from the black family. Yeah. So now there's this fear and, and and we have to learn how to we're forced to try to learn how to survive right. within this type of culture, within this type of atmosphere. Uh, and no matter what we do, as far as like, OK, maybe if we get a black president, President Barack Obama, or maybe if we get more people in that looks like us, talks like us, it, within political power, maybe the climate will change, but we mm-hmm. still don't run anything. Because at the end of the day, they still have an agenda mm-hmm. to make sure that, all right, we're going to give them a little bit of crumbs to make to, so we could paint this picture that racism doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Or you know, they're just isolated incidents. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, it's like, nah, we're just giving you crumbs. We're not giving you the whole bread. We're not giving you the whole recipe. We're not giving you anything that is equal to enough what our white counterparts have.
1: Right. Um, I just want to read this quote from James Baldwin is, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all of the time. And, uh, I was just thinking of him constantly, like, you know, because we even have I am not a Negro, I'm not your Negro on the table right now, uh, the book from James Baldwin, which spurred the thought and I, and I really agree with Jeff wholeheartedly when he was talking about how they give us crumbs. They give us just enough. The fact that black people are still becoming being first. They're like there's we oh, this is the first black woman on the the cover of uh uh this magazine or this is the first twenty twenty one. In twenty twenty one, right? This is the first black uh uh construction uh, person at this company. This is the first black manager at this company. This is the first black teacher at this school. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that we're still becoming first at things that we should have already been in should let you know where our country is and the, where we stand in this country. It's, it's definitely, it's like we're getting further, but it's like like inches inch by inch we're, and we're fighting and we have to fight for it and we have to continue to keep pushing this agenda to keep fighting for it. It's not an agenda though. It's equality.
0: Mm.
1: It's equal rights.
0: So in regards to equality will we, will, we, will we or can we have our right as humanity? Do you think it would change I'm going to stress this conversation. Do you think
1: it could change? It can change, but we won't see it. We won't live to see it. Honestly.
0: So, Fred, they've been saying this since the 60s, in the 80s, Mm -hmm. 90s. Right. We're now in the 21st century. So that means it's not going to change. If the pattern is still there, Mm -hmm. from scientifically, if you see a pattern Mm -hmm. and it's just evolving, and now it's just on film. right? Now, it's not going to change. I think the only thing that could change is, like we can't change the heart and minds of those who are racist. Correct. They would hate. This is true. White supremacy. We, can't, we can't change that. The only thing we can do is hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I say that all the time. It's like, hold them accountable. But the only way we call them accountable is like, we need to have some form of power. So okay. we need to have political power. We need to have power within the state level, local mm-hmm. level. Right. We need more black judges. And and these are things these are conversations that we are consistently having all the time. Mm-hmm. But until we are able to have power within our community, within some within the form of the government, yeah. nothing is going to change because we can't change those senators, those um congressmen or those local officials when they look at us like, yeah, you know, they're gangbangers, they thugs, they're on welfare, you know, they have this conception or preconception of us as that we're basically less than nothing but in this conversa- in this conversation you're trying to change the role but I'm saying how do we change the psychology mm-hmm. of humanity mm-hmm. And that's the because reality. if you can do that mm-hmm. I can put a black person in power mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he can just be a black person in power mm-hmm. and he can have the same thoughts of oh that person over there we're not focus on that person. Right. We're gonna focus on this person. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about the psychology of these individuals of humanity. If I'm somebody that's like, oh, I'm afraid, and I and I reach for my inhaler, mm-hmm. and all I'm doing about to reach for my inhaler, but the cop sees oh. me as a dark skinned black man, mm-hmm. but shoots me into my car, and then say, oh, I thought I was getting my taser. I thought. Mm-hmm but it was about fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you change that? You can have all the workshop, mm-hmm. biasy workshops, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. what you can have in to, to hear there. But if you don't change the psychology
2: mm-hmm.
0: of that person's mindset, the community mm-hmm. of that person's mindset, right. we can still have this conversation in the next generation. And that's the reality. It's not going to happen. Hate is always going to exist. Racism is always going to exist. White supremacy is always going to exist. We'll be, we will be lying to ourselves if we're going to say like, oh, you know what? It's going to change. Okay. We're going to live in this kumbaya world. Everybody's going to be holding hands and kumbaya, you know, and, and we are the world and all that stuff. It's not going to happen. If we're going to be honest, we're going to be real. Because if buck. it was, it would have mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We, we can even go even further. was like, mm-hmm. okay, we pray about it. Ask God to change the hearts and minds of those, which is actually a scripture, right? Mm-hmm. But if if it's if they're filled with hate and racism, and they still justify in their minds that mm-hmm. hey we're the superior race, mm-hmm. and that those supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, as the word says, but in their minds like well you know what that applies to us, we still look as somebody who does not look at look like us or may even have the same religious belief we're still looking at them as less than such. Mm. It's not going to change because Mm. in their mind, they're superior Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to worship them, idolize them. We worship their God, their white Jesus. Get Mm. what I'm saying? So the focus is on white is the standard. Everything else is below. Mm -hmm. So, So we will be lying to ourselves to say that, you know what? It's going to change one day. I know when my daughter grows up, we're going to be singing the same old song. Whenever, you know, she gets older, she's able to have kids, Mm -hmm. they're going to be singing the same old song. We're going to still be having the same conversation. Mm. So if we, and we pride ourselves on solutions, if we're going to have the same old conversation (coughs) and the same song, Mm -hmm. there's no solution. What do we do in our own independent environments? What do we do in our own environment? So you have a child. One day, Fred, you're going to have a child. One day, I'm going to have... You, uh five seven kids hope <laughs> oh, hope okay <laughs> what do you do then mm-hmm. what do what do you teach is there teaching
1: i Definitely. believe um like you t- you're, you're teaching them are you teaching them hope so um uh, i would say uh before everything when we talk about uh police brutality yes uh and we talk about, like, I want to talk about uh, activism, too, because I think that's an important part of, like, what we're saying out there what, when we chant and we, what we're talking, the conversations that we're having. Conversations like this are changing things, okay. and they need to happen, like, about self-care, about our community. We need to continue those conversations, and we need to keep having them, but not only have them amongst ourselves, but have them with. Cong- our congressman our mayor our governor like have those conversations with them so they can hear the uh the cries of the people uh you know and they can know that w- what we stand for because it, it's it, i don't think the solution is because you know with black lives matter you know a lot of people chant defund the police right i don't think that's the only solution i think that's one um of the solutions because, like eradicating the police altogether, I don't think will, even though it wasn't built, it was like the police itself, police was built on the backs of black people. Yeah. It was built to keep black people in line. Okay. We can turn that around for something good more than anything. That's what history teaches us about the police, right? But we can turn it around for something good. I believe the police are there and they can enforce laws, but there's some people that take matters into their own hands. They are scared. My solution is to, hey, like, let's if a cop is gonna serve a community, right? Love. I think he should have to live in that community for a I year agree. with Money. his family. That way he gets accustomed to that community. And he won't so far he won't pull out a a, a gun when he should be pulling out a taser. Mm-hmm. When he should he could pull out a billy club, he could pull out mace, he can pull out anything to disarm. Um, a, a person of interest. You know, what about not only doing that, like having cops serve the community, I like go it. into the communities and serve food and talk to the people in the community. Why? Why don't we do that instead of sending these uh, Wonder Bread cops into? <laughs> I'm sorry, Wonder oh, yeah. cops into these communities I they've love it. never been in. So that's mm-hmm. a
0: solution. I love it.
1: That's mm-hmm. definitely a solution. Talking to our kids about it is like, hey. The cops are there to enforce the law. I love it. And you should not run from the police. If Mm -hmm. you know in your heart and your mind you've done nothing wrong. You know, we shouldn't, of course, we have to tell our children like, yo, you cannot make certain movements around the police because they don't believe that you are innocent at Mm -hmm. times. They, you could just fit a lineup. You could be the the black man that they're looking for with a white shirt and blue jeans. You know what I'm saying? So to answer the police, to talk to them and remember and teaching them the law too. Like police, like the Central Park Five would have never happened if those kids would have known that if they're under a certain age, they don't have to speak to the police without a lawyer, without their parents. Uh, and, and that's what I'm saying is like that's a solution. We can t- we can show our kids now Central Park Five, the movie. We can mm-hmm. show them. I think now more than ever, we are more educated about black things than we ever were. It's
0: a, fact. Like it's a lot of like
1: history. Like look at our movies. We get movies now. Judas and the Black Messiah. I never thought in my life I would see a Fred Hampton movie. Fact. Never. And now we got to show that to our kids because we remember growing up, all we had was eyes on the prize. <laughs> in well, the classroom. On me. Yeah. Uh, 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 we got to watch the Martin Luther King dream speech. <laughs> For mm-hmm. for a couple of times, and mm-hmm. they would talk about Malcolm X. I never heard about Marcus Garvey mm-hmm. till I got older.
0: Yeah. So we have the police. So mm-hmm. I want to shift the conversation. Okay. And how we going to shift the conversation is talk about more solutions. Right. So we have the police, and I think for me, um, I think family. I think there should be. I remember um, back in the day when I used to watch The Cosby's. They used to have roundtable discussion mm. on race. Yeah. And when they're having these conversations, they're asking their kids, How do you feel today being black? Were you treated well today? Mm, that's good. And then now you're asking these questions so they can get the reality of, oh, when she said that, when my teacher said that, that, w- that wasn't nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So giving them the language
2: mm-hmm.
0: of understanding them yourself their body, and their agency. Mm-hmm. I think that's the Sunday dinner should come back in the black to brown home. I love that. I love, that. I love that idea. We need it. You know, educating our kids, knowing their history, knowing who they are, having those real yeah. conversations because we can't ignore the conversations of, of race. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to. We just cannot afford to. Right. So we need to have those conversations. They need to know the laws. They need to know the do's and don'ts. They need to know what their rights are. They need to know as far as if they are pulled over, what is the right thing to do? You know, that's going to give them a much higher chance of being able to come home because that's the goal. You get pulled over, the goal for us is to be able to go home to our family. That's it. Right? That's the goal. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to give any type of indication or motive to that police officer's mm-hmm. like, you know what, he or she's a threat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull him out the car. I'm going to arrest him mm-hmm. or kill him, mm-hmm. right? But obviously we've seen cases where we've done everything right. And unfortunately, that's still the situation. But right. we still need to teach our kids, like, listen, keep your hands on the steering wheel. You know, talk politely to, to, to a police officer. If you feel threatened or you feel that, hey, you know what? I don't like the tone this cop. Ask for a supervisor to Mm -hmm. to come in. You know, kind of do all these different, all these things. I mean, unfortunately, we got to do more than some of our uh, other counterparts. But it's all about survival. Like We have to survive. We have to be able to go home. So having those round table conversations with our kids, with our brothers, we need to have, we need to lift each other up Mm -hmm. as much as possible. Black unity needs to be at the, forefront. Mm. What is your definition of black excellence? Black excellence? So my definition of black excellence is, so I think of excellence in general, I think not the status quo. I think of above average. I think of quality. When I think of excellence. So I think of black excellence is I think of us representing who we are and not fitting into the stereotype of what America looks as, as as far as, oh, we flash your money, we got big gold chains, we got gold teeth, and I'm not knocking those who has it, but it's like, yo, we're more than just that. We're doctors, we're lawyers, we're engineers, we're entrepreneurs, we're black excellence. Matter of fact, we, our descendants are kings and queens. We come from royalty. We're black excellence. The moment that I wake up in the morning I stretch my arms. I say my prayer. I'm black excellence. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The more I look myself in the mirror, I see black excellence mm. because I value myself.
1: You know what I'm saying? That's black excellence in my opinion. Fresh? Uh immediately, what comes to mind is Michael Jordan uh, because you know Michael Jordan oh, just boy. did so many things. <laughs> I want to I mean, be. I want to be like my. But, uh, when I well, think of black e- excellence, <laughs> I think of Michael Jordan, period. Because he he took and elevated uh, a game that was given to him to the next level. Nobody saw Michael Jordan coming. Uh, not only in that sense of basketball, but in branding, too. Nike was a company that was just lower tier at the time when he got his deal. and. He took Nike to just another level with Jordans. Everybody, everybody, I agree. black, white, it don't matter. You could be purple, <laughs> but uh, everybody loves Jordans, the brand itself. And it's been relevant since Michael Jordan came onto the scene. So I think it's when you're giving given an expectation and you're, you exceed it mm. above and beyond anything else. Like what, working with what you're given and taking it to the next level.
0: I think for me, when it comes to black excellence, it's like you change the room because you're in the room. Love it. And Mm -hmm. you are setting the the next generation up for success. Mm -hmm. So I think that is my definition of black excellence. Mm -hmm. You think DMX represented black excellence? I think he did. Because when when you look at DMX's story, he obviously he battled different demons, right? Yeah. DMX came from the gutter. Mm -hmm. But I mean the gutter, the gutter.
1: Absolutely.
0: Period. Like, DMX should not be DMX. But because he believed in himself, though he was battling different mental health issues and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. he believed in himself. He was like, yo, I saw an interview. And this is when the 4321 um joint first came out with Beth Man, Redman, and L Cool J. Don't forget Cannabis. And cannabis. Right. <laughs> and so it was an interview, I, I think it was with MTV, and he asked DMX, mind you, at this point, DMX was just starting to be known. Exactly. Right? Um, as far at least worldwide, right? Through that song. And he asked DMX this question. He's like, Yo, who do you think is the best rapper? And he said, No disrespect to you know, all these other rappers, he's like, I feel like I'm the best. Mm -hmm. He was like, every artist should feel like they're the best. So he knew that despite all the challenges that he went through, Mm -hmm. I could rhyme my butt off. I'm the best. Mm. And he made sure that he represented that. He gave it 100% at every show, every verse, every Mm -hmm. song that he recorded. I remember remember seeing DMX um, perform at the the Hard Knock Life Tour right back in 1999, yeah, 1999. Mm -hmm. It was with Method Man, Red Man, DMX and Jay-Z. I saw him perform. That's great. And at the end of his performance, he prayed. So, you know, anybody knows DMX, like he's big on prayer. Like he's a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. He's not perfect. He actually, to me, in my opinion, he embodies somebody who is a Christian, somebody who's very imperfect, but he still believed and trusted in God. still battling. He's still battling. Right. You know what I'm saying? Still yep. battling, but he, he knew he was imperfect. He right. stated he was imperfect. And he said, God, still use me right. so I could touch other people. Mm-hmm. So after the end of his performance, he prayed. He did his prayer, and he literally broke down crying. You could see the raw emotion. Struggling. You know what I'm saying? The realness of DMX. Absolutely. To the point where everybody in the arena was in tears. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure within like the 15,000 plus people that was there, not all of them were Christians. Some of them were probably atheists. But they felt the realness of his prayer and it touched them. So to me... He was being his authentic self. Exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, and, and that even reminds me of another interview. He said that the thing that he fears the most is not being, not being able to be himself. Mm. That's his biggest fear. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Love so it. to me, though he was imperfect, though he, 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 you know, he battled with drug addiction in and out of jail. To me, he still represented black excellence because mm-hmm. he was himself. Yeah. And he cared for those. Right. No matter if they were not at his status as far as celebrity wise right. or mm. above. He was always himself and he always showed love. Mm. That was one of the most consistent things that I seen when he passed away and people posted about him was that. X always
1: show love to any and everybody. Anybody. To yeah. me,
0: that's black excellence.
1: Yeah, I definitely believe wow. Dmx represented excellence. Uh, and first and foremost, I want to say rest in peace to Dmx. Yes, um, one of the greatest to ever do it. He was an innovator. Like who you know? Who do you know? <laughs> who could be like, we ride? Like. They're, they're like, you know what I'm so saying? On a talk. record. Didn't nobody. My, that, it made you want to get a pit bull. Exactly. Yo. Yo, I really wanted a pit bull when I was younger. When I, when I heard it's dark and hell is hot, like, I really wanted a pit bull so bad and a set of temps. Classic. Like, just, just, just to stand on the corner and wish somebody would come by. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he did. Like, what you said, Anthony, is key. Is like, when you can step into a room and the room changes because of you he was one of them people. He was like rough and rugged, but at the same time, he was cool. He was a cool person, like very soft spoken. Uh, but he could go rough at any time. He could, that's, he found this perfect, like medium of like, he could be crazy and then he could tone it down. You know what I'm saying? If there was a wisdom there and he definitely was excellent. And I, Thank God that we got to share like that he got to share his gift with us
0: yeah so um peace. great, great idol rapper um, but there was a, a verse that he that he was talking about, and i, I want to read it right now mm-hmm. um that yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling I can't get up, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up. Mm. Then I asked
1: myself, who are the people around him that he felt that way? Mm. The, I can tell you, and when I was uh, going back and I was kind of looking at his story, um, family, it was his family, Like he, he dealt with a lot of uh, physical abuse mm. from his family, people that he trusted to uh, take care of him didn't. Mm. You know? And that leads into the substance abuse. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you battle a whole lot of demons. Um, we've even had a conversation about like who was around him, who's in his yeah. corner during this time. Yeah. Cause nobody should see you going down yeah. and not help you up. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it like from looking from the outside in, it looks like it almost seems like he didn't have that much support. Yeah. But I remember, like, Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats was, like, one of the ones that was always there with X. And he was always in this corner rooting him on. And I remember even after the verses that he had with Snoop. Yeah, I seen a video with um, Swiss Beats and X. They were at the gym. And he was trying to get X in shape and everything. Like, Swiss was one of those that... For- from what it looks like that he was always there and like trying to champion X Mm -hmm. despite all the different battles that he had because I remember I was watching an interview with DMX and it was a documentary rather actually, sorry. And he stated in the documentary that he has like seven different personalities. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know which one that's going to come out each day, right? So that's obviously, you know, a sign of somebody who is suffering from mental health, right? Mm -hmm. Due to his past trauma, because like what Fred was saying that he he went through a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, family issues, family him, things poverty. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about his grandmother a lot. I think his grandmother was one of the ones that actually was always there for him, and I'm assuming is the one who actually helped develop him to become a Christian yeah. at a young age. But it looked like X was always consistently struggling. And we don't know whether if he was using the help because people are willing to help him or people's like, you know, that's just X. Let him rock. Because sometimes that happens. We could see somebody who's battling with mental health or just struggling and be like, you know what? They're always struggling. They're always kind of dealing with something. Let them be. Mm-hmm. But the reality, sometimes it's a cry for help. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's like, yo, I need help. I'm going through this journey. Though I have people in my corner, but I feel like I'm going through this on my own. You yeah, know? You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's, it's kind of tough because it seems like a lot of people pour so much love to him after he passed away, but when he was going through it, you don't know, like, you know, who was actually there and who wasn't. So, I don't want to pour um, love to you guys when you pass away. I want to pour it now. So, I just want to say in the bottom of my heart, I love you guys. You guys are brothers, friends. Um, like, I really, truly love you. So, I just want to give you your roses while you're here, um, I can't hug you in a podcast, but I'm hugging <laughs> you right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just
0: want to let you know, guys, I really do love you. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love you too, bro. I mean, I, I take friendship very seriously, and one of the things that I always stated is that the moment that I look at you as my bro, family. And the For story, life. you know what I'm saying? I don't have friends, I have family. Mm. outside that you associates so there's not a thing that I wouldn't do for any of you guys and I love you guys you know for just being part of my life lift me up the times that I needed and just allow me to be in your circle and you're right Anthony we need to give flowers to those where they can smell it while they're here we man. need to show love to each other while we're here because we never know what's going to happen so I love you guys
1: Yeah, man. I, I definitely think Um, you know, that this is amazing. Um, we definitely need to give each other our roses. So I love you, Jeff. Uh, thank you for being my older brother while my older brother's away. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for always being in my corner and being there for me. Love you and appreciate you. Hey, Ernest, I love you. (laughs) Because without you, (laughs) this would not all be possible. (laughs) There is no podcast without Earth. There would be no Shout sound. out to digital media. like, exactly. Shout it out. Shout it out. He didn't even expect it. He saw it. But God and is that good. that is
0: what the podcast is about is, yeah, we were serious, but we are a brother Hood, Um, and thank you thank you for just listening to us and you know what this week give somebody a rose tell them I love you tell them I appreciate you Mm -hmm. but just tell them that you matter to me so thank you have a good day